0: Well, welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. Pete and Jordan here with episode 84. The what-if loop. Yes.
1: Which we've talked about before.
0: We have. We're actually, be- so this is crazy. January, we alluded to this, I think, in the last podcast, but our January is nuts. a lot of travel. Um, Speaking at a couple different places, and uh, man, we're we're just not in the same place at the same time a whole lot. Yeah, Uh, and so um, we are actually going to pitch in just just a second back to an episode that we recorded, gosh, almost two years ago. Yeah.
1: So unless you've been listening to every single one for three years, you might not have heard it. And if you did, it's such a good one. I think it'll be worth
0: it. It is. And I selected this one specifically because of the time of year and it being January. And I'll explain that in just a second. But yeah, yeah, we got a lot going on, including a surprise trip that came out of nowhere. So that's
1: why we're having to play a recorded one, because (laughs) um, my brother is turning 30 this year, um, actually next week. And he called us like days ago. And I was like, okay, I know this is a long shot, but can you and Pete take like three days and come to Disney World with us, like all expenses paid. So if you know me and my family, we're like Disney fanatics, but we really only go once a year at the most. So there was almost 10 years we didn't go at all because we were in college and just like starting families and lives and all of that. Um, And we just went last October, which if you guys have followed along, you know that. But um, he... Called us and we both looked at each other like, oh my gosh, like I'm secretly praying that Pete doesn't have like his Listen, clients on I, that day. I
0: knew in that moment she was going. The question was, am I going? <laughs> no,
1: I would not. <laughs> you were you.
0: going. You were so, so going, so, as you should.
1: So, but we had already planned on being in Atlanta for his birthday anyway. So yep. we had already kind of like carved out a little bit of time, but it was an extra, an additional like 24 to 36 hours that we were going to have to be, not have to be there, but that we would need to be there and to pull this off. landed
0: right in between two speaking events Literally me, so within like,
1: a day. Um, and you didn't have any huge like coaching clients on those days, which is super rare. Anyway, it's just like, thank you, Lord, it was meant to be. Yep. But... So it's just me and Pete, and then my brother and his wife, my sister in law, and we're like, we all get along so well, and it's amazing. And we are not bringing Pepper, which I like have a deep down, like, kind of guilt for because she loves it. I cannot wait. Oh, I don't have a guilt really, (laughs) but I am so excited to just be able to do Disney with out thinking about like schedules and is she tired and has she eaten and like just to th- not think about that. Yeah. It sounds really awful, but it, there's just like been very few times, three days to be exact um, that I've been away from her since she was born. So yep. I am really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. I think it's, it's going to be great. But uh, yeah, so that's why we're going to pitch this teaching the what if loop. And uh, again, I think the timing for this year, this is perfect because most of you, if you're going to set a New Year's resolution, you probably already have. Or maybe you're still working on some goals for this year. I think the whole month of January is really kind of this blank slate opportunity to say, how do I want to approach this year? And I think it's important. The reason I think it's important, we talk a lot on this podcast about the difference between living a default life or a design life. And a default life is where things just happen to you. You just react to the circumstances and the people and opportunities around you. A design life is one where you proactively say, no, I'm not just going to passively react to things that happen. I have a trajectory that I want to go on. I have a path. I have a vision for my life. And that requires goals. Goals are simply the fastest way to get from where you are to where you want to be. The problem is our mind. Mm -hmm. And our mind loves to spin off what-if scenarios. The human brain is designed First and foremost, for safety, Mm -hmm. to keep us alive. Therefore, the human brain pays a lot more attention to negativity, to uh, the unknown, to anything that could be viewed as a threat. And your new goals, your New Year's resolutions, all those things, your brain to some degree perceives those as threats Mm -hmm. because they're different. It's out of your comfort
1: zone. That's yeah. right.
0: Get you out of your comfort zone. And so whenever that happens, right, and your brain goes into this protection mode, one of the first things that generally happens, and we all have deep seated limiting beliefs. We've talked a lot about that. But one of the very first things happen that happens is your brain goes to what if what if this happens what if you say you're going to lose weight and you don't lose weight what if you say that you're going to reduce your debt by x amount and it doesn't happen what if you're not gifted enough what if you're not talented enough what if you're too old what if you're too young on and on and on and on right and you can get railroaded on those goals and those resolutions real quick that's why i think Taking some time to talk about this what-if loop is so crucial at the beginning of a year. And so um, I hope this will be really helpful for a lot of people. And that this is something that will kind of help you as you create some intentions for what you want 2023 to look like.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's learn about the what-if loop.
0: I want to get into this idea. I've been thinking about this a lot this past week. That, and I believe this more than ever before, that often what keeps us from getting what we want is the story that we keep telling ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, we we, we could all agree, right? Stories are powerful.
1: Yeah. Books like, narratives in your head
0: are, are all narratives. Like, yeah. you think back to, you can remember, I've been remembering so many little narratives and stories from when I was a kid as I've been trying to think of little rhymes and things to do with pepper. Mm-hmm. Like, Stories are powerful. You remember stories. yeah. So all stories are powerful. But yes, the stories that you tell yourself are some of the most powerful stories that you buy into. Mm-hmm. And so we hold these beliefs about things that actually have a direct influence over what we achieve and what we don't achieve. And when we have these empowering beliefs or we have an empowering story or narr- narrative that we tell ourselves in our head, it, it, it's almost like... It's almost like things become effortless. I call it being in the zone. Mm-hmm. Like you just, you just do things, right? Yeah. And the opposite is also true. When we have limiting beliefs, uh, it can feel like a simple task is like pushing a big rock up a steep hill.
1: Hill. Hill. <laughs> it's a hill. <laughs>
0: uh A hill. So when you limit your beliefs about what you can do, you're telling yourself a story in your head that I believe is actually usually far from the truth. Okay. But your mind believes that it's true. So in most mm-hmm. cases what limiting beliefs are are just these unconscious thoughts that really act as a sort of self defense mechanism. Yeah, it's like a
1: protector. Right,
0: to avoid emotions like frustration and anxiety and anger, disappointment, and sadness, disappointment, fear. And at some point like we'll, we'll take a deeper dive into this whole idea of limiting beliefs cuz as I've been coaching more and more people limiting beliefs has been a huge thing that Mm -hmm. we tend to go over. It's something that people really get stuck on for, for what we're going to talk about over these next 10, 15 minutes. So, I really want to talk about what I think is kind of a single limiting belief that a lot of people have, and it's where they get stuck in that what-if loop, Mm -hmm. right? And so the what-if loop is, and and again, if you struggle with anxiety, you know all about the what-if loop. It's what if I can't lose weight, and what if I never marry, and what if I do marry and I'm miserable, what if I can never have kids, or what if I can never get pregnant, or what if you know uh, I do have kids and I'm a terrible parent, or what if I go to the doctor and I get a bad report, or what if I interview for that job and I never get it and what if we can't save enough money for our kids college and what if that meeting that my boss asked for is actually to fire me it's 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 worst case scenarios Mm -hmm. do you do that
1: I do it probably in certain areas of my life Mm -hmm. Um, not in every area of my life but yeah I think there's there's certain things like you said it when you were talking about why we do it it's just to protect your own heart sometimes Um, so there's things that it's like or not even to protect your own heart. I mean, that's obviously one thing. the other thing I think is like maybe to create an excuse for yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've lately, one of mine has been, I'm never going to find like a job that I absolutely love that it like completely fuels so me. So what if and, I never
0: found my passion?
1: Right. What if I never found my passion? Which there's things that I do and like our, what I, what we do that I do feel very passionate about. But yeah, I feel like there's still there's just this like untapped thing that I can't put my finger on. I'm like, well, it's never going to happen. I don't yeah. know how it's going to happen. So yeah, yeah I think I do that.
0: I think a lot of us do it. And we do it relationally. We do it with our finances. We do it with parenting. We do it ac- across the board in a lot of areas where we paint these worst case scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a lady that uh, I followed on Instagram for a while. She just released a book. Her name is Mel Robbins. You've heard me talk yeah. about her before. Um, and she just released a book called The High Five Habit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I heard about that, or, or maybe it's called high five attitude.
1: I think it's habit.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I can't. It's high five habit or high five attitude. It's way up there on Amazon right now. So you, if you get anywhere close to it, Mel Robbins <laughs> high five and then pull it up. But uh, have you ever received a high five?
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: It feels great, doesn't it? There you go. Like if at the end of the podcast, I'm like, "Hey, great job!" We, we do
1: that a lot of and times.
0: give you a high five. That's me saying like. You're doing a great job, or you did a great job, or you're awesome. Yeah? You're great. Side
1: note, can I say something about that? Yeah. I heard her interviewed, and she said the science and studies prove that a high five with no words means way more than a high five with words to people. Ooh. It releases more chemicals.
0: That's very interesting. I don't
1: know why. I'm just saying that.
0: But I I love this idea of a high five. You and I used to be in a group exercise class, and I can remember after certain exercises we'd high five mm-hmm. each other. And it's like a way of like... Hey, keep going! You're doing great. Yeah. You don't have to say anything, but there's Affirming, so much. Yeah. Yes, that mm-hmm. goes into a high five. Okay. What she says, and I believe this to be true, is that most of us are really good at encouraging others and high fiving other people, but not ourselves. Mm. And so she talks about developing the habit of high fiving your, yourself, and <laughs> she actually does this thing where in the morning she looks in the mirror and literally high fives herself. Yeah. And she encourages other people, like to look at themselves and just kind of high five themselves. Yeah. it's just a way of encouraging. It's, it's like a way of saying to yourself, "You got this."
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It, it, it's a it's a little spin on the what if. What if? It's more of a positive what if.
1: Can you think of times like in your daily life that you tell yourself like, "You got this"? Do you do that a lot? Me too. When I'm running. Like, a
0: whole lot. Push it.
1: Go. Go. You've got this. Like you um, almost have to. It's yep. it's when you you really don't think you got this. Yeah, no.
0: It's usually when I'm writing something and I'm just way distracted and my mind's floating off and I'm like, Pete, yep. you got you this. You got this. Yeah. Focus. It works. And finish this. It yeah. worked.
1: It works in exercise it ways works. for me.
0: But I love this idea of starting your day by high fiving yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So I was talking to a friend the other day who's thinking about moving and uh, it's for a new opportunity. And they were just going on and on about, like, well, what if, what if I can't sell my house? And what if I make this move and I move this new city and I don't meet any new friends? And what if, you know, this new opportunity doesn't work out? And what if I look back and I realize that I had it really good the way things are mm-hmm. now and living and working the way that I am now? And I look back and I'm like, I made a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. And and so here's the what if loop, loop, flip
1: what if loop flip. What did I just say? What
0: if loop? A floop. What does it matter with me today? <laughs> it's
1: a flip and a loop.
0: <laughs> Pete, focus. You got you this. You got this. I'm going to high five myself real quick. I just high five myself. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, hey, here's how you flip the what if loop, loop. Yep. that we get stuck okay. in, right? And it's and it's this. What if everything works out, mm-hmm. right? What if, what if it all works out? Because the vast majority of our life, guess what? It does. It works out. So what if you get, when you get stuck in that what if loop, you kind of pause and you say, no, no what if it works out? So this is what I said back to my friend. W- what if you actually sell the house pretty quickly, right? What if you make the move and you meet some of the most amazing people that you've ever met and it changes your life? Mm-hmm. What if this new opportunity is actually better than you could even imagine? What if you look back and you think, I should have done this sooner? Mm-hmm. Right, it's flipping the what if, and instead of spinning off the worst case scenario, you say, "Hey, what if all this actually works out?" Because again, the vast majority of the time, it does.
1: Don't you? You're probably going to get to this, but don't you think like I'm going to take a piece of that? Like, mm-hmm. what if I move and never meet anybody or never make good friends? Yep. If you have that mentality, I almost feel like you you would in your brain like not try and pursue friendships. You wouldn't like go to the bingo night. You wouldn't go like try. Whereas if you said, what if I make the best friendships I've ever yeah. made? Then I feel like you almost do, you proactively do those things to yep. make that what if happen.
0: Yeah. Here's what I would say to you right now if I were coaching you. That, that idea of what if I move and I don't meet any new friends is, is actually your brain protecting you mm-hmm. from rejection. So here's what happens over time is you tell your brain what's important to you. Yeah. Right? Uh, I'll give you a silly example of like, have you ever wanted a a new car? And whatever that new car, let's say it's a red Toyota.
1: You see it everywhere?
0: You see it everywhere. So true. Because you told your brain that that red Toyota is really important to you. So now you see the red Toyota everywhere you go. I feel
1: like that happens all the time. Yeah.
0: The brain is so much more powerful than most of us imagine. Mm -hmm. So at some point in your life, what a lot of us told ourselves is... You told your brain, I don't want to feel disappointed. I don't want to feel the pain of rejection. Mm -hmm. So your brain's like, oh, I got this. And it goes working full time 24-7 to keep you from putting you in a situation where you may feel rejection. Mm -hmm. So it's much easier to say, what if I move there, right? And don't meet any, right? Mm. It's protecting you. It's like taking several steps back and protecting you from feeling what you told your mind you didn't want to feel, which is rejection. So here's the thing about limiting beliefs. While most psychologists would say that most of our limiting beliefs are formed in early childhood right we hold on to them as adults because there's some kind of payoff usually it's some kind of protection again against anxiety or fear or disappointment or failure or rejection again your mind is so powerful right it's just doing what it is you told it to do and so that's why when you say to yourself well i i think i need to start exercising And then your mind says, well, what if you start exercising and, you know, on day one, you hate it and you quit. And then people will think you're a failure and then you've wasted money on a new pair of shoes that you bought. Right. Your mind starts Mm -hmm. going all the way down that road. But what if you flip that and you say, what if I try working out and I love it? Or I feel and it better than i ever, yeah. Now, yes, I feel better than I've ever felt.
1: Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. I was, it's funny you're talking about this because I was uh, watching an interview with somebody. I can't even remember, to be honest with you, but they were talking about the psychology of the, of the brain and how powerful it is. Very similar to this. And the, the person studied a group of people who were unhealthy eaters. And um, he was talking about how the psychology of the brain is basically when you tell yourself something enough... Often, your brain just believes it, kind of like what you just mm-hmm. said. Mm-hmm. And so they took this group of people and split them down the middle and said, I'm an, I'm a healthy eater. And they said, you have to tell yourself that. Believe that. Write it down. Put it on sticky notes on your mirror. Tell yourself that every morning you wake mm-hmm. up. I'm a healthy eater. And then they let the other half continue but say, I'm going to eat however I'd like, whatever that right, would be. Right. And the people who had these same habits before, who all they did every day was tell themselves, I'm a healthy eater. When they went to the fridge, when they went to the pantry, they had rehearsed that so many times in their mind. When they looked at the Oreos, they looked at the whatever, Mm -hmm. they said, I'm a healthy eater. That's not what I do. And their brain diverted and said, that's not who we are. We eat this. We're going to eat the carrots. It's just... Really fascinating how powerful your brain is, um, is, and and how much power you have over it if you are intentional with it.
0: And that's why something like the high five habit can sound goofy. Like I'm not going to stand in the mirror and high five myself, <laughs> but in that moment, what you're what you're doing, what you're telling your brain essentially is, I'm betting on myself. Yeah, I'm betting on myself that I got this. Yeah, that I, I believe I in can myself. Do this. I believe in myself. And and just in case you think this is some kind of like new age kind of thing. Or that all of a sudden we have this new science that proves this. This is nothing new. Mm-hmm. A lot of you listening to this podcast certainly put a lot of faith in ancient scripture. Ancient scripture says this, Proverbs 23, as someone thinks within himself, so he is. Mm-hmm. It's the same exact principle. What if it all works out for you? Right. What if you started looking at it that instead of what if this happens? What if that happens? What? No. Hey, what if it all works out? Because Mm -hmm. the vast majority of the time, history tells us it has worked out for you. And also, I'll say this. Is it always going to work out? No, of course not. But you're not going to be any worse off. I was going to say that. You're not.
1: Sorry, can I jump in here? Sure. I think I told this story last season. You just did.
0: Sorry. I'm kidding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens when you do a podcast with your spouse. Um, No, I think, I I remember telling this story already, but um, when I had just found out that I was pregnant... Um, I got scared. Yep. Right? Like and I, I think that's very normal. Um and there's lots of people who have every right to be scared because maybe had a lot, lot of what
0: if moments. I had a lot of
1: what ifs. And I was telling my friend Jenna um that I was pregnant. I was really early. Uh like early in my pregnancy and I was like, but I'm so scared. But I'm so scared that like what if I lose it? What if I, you know, cuz that happens so often and it's tragic mm-hmm. and I just my heart breaks for the women who experience that. Um but I just thought in my head what if? What if? What if? And she said, "Jordan, but what if it doesn't like you are stealing joy from yourself in these first little weeks of being excited. And if it doesn't work out, then we deal with it, but let yourself feel those things. Just like you just said, what you're better off for trying to have that flip switched, switch flipped. um, than if you were to live in this, you know, negativity and that's a one example and it's kind of a bad example because it has a lot of baggage with it for a lot of people. But yeah, I just think There's so much to be said about your stealing joy or whatever potential emotion that could be from yourself because of your worry.
0: Yeah, because here's the thing. If you get to that point and it doesn't work out and it all falls apart, the universe or God or whatever you want to attribute to is going to give you whatever you need in that moment. This is exactly why you have survived 100% of your most difficult days. You're going to have what you need in that moment. And so the reality is spinning off the worst case scenario of what if this happens? What if that happens? Doesn't actually protect you from your worst fears. Mm -hmm. It just leads you to live in a sort of mental torture. That's a good point. Where you worry about things that the vast majority of the time never happen. So Mm -hmm. if things don't work out the way you want them to work out, you're still going to, you're still going to survive. So why not make the bet on yourself? Why not make the bet on What if it all works out?
1: That's a good point. That the worry doesn't protect you anyways. That's such a good point because you somehow think it does.
0: Nope. Good. So I I would just end with, with this challenge because, again, I have no idea what the people listening to this right now, I have no idea what it is you're struggling with. I have no idea what the situation is that you're facing. But my guess is, you're, you're spinning off some what-ifs, right? You're stuck in the what-if loop of what if this happens, what if that happens, what if, and what if, and what if, and it's just you're staying up late at night worried about it or you're drinking too much trying to deal with it. or I, I, Again, I have no idea how everybody has a different way of coping with, their, with the what-if loop, but what if you flipped it and you just said, wait, wait, what if it actually all works, works out? It's good. And you start kind of planning and moving in that direction. Because yeah. I, I think that could be a beautiful thing. I
1: love it. I love it. So the challenge is to p- pick one thing, switch. Yeah, flip the switch.
0: Pick. I would pick one scenario right now in your life. Like uh, again, if you and I were just sitting down and we were talking, those of you listening to this, I'd say, give me one situation right now where you've, you know, you you're spinning off the what, what yeah. if scenarios. Yeah. Just write that down and then talk about what would it look like to flip that.
1: Well, I hope that was super helpful for you guys. For me, um, listening back to it a second mm-hmm. time, a lot of new things came up for me. Um, I'm obviously like at a little <clears throat> bit of a different place in my then life than when we
0: recorded that. Then when we it, recorded yeah, it. Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was twenty twenty one. Pepper was months old. I was like in a really like hole of like mental health. Honestly, I was just tired and you know, all the things. But now I'm in a place in my life where I'm like starting to really dream again and put some things in place. And I just, for me, one of the things that you talked about was that mentality of like, you almost have to tell yourself, like you have to, you have to train your brain Mm -hmm. essentially to believe that you can do these things. And so for me, like lately I've been really working hard on my Instagram profile and building that up so that I can kind of help be be an income provider for our home too. But also I'm really passionate about it. I love doing these things, Mm -hmm. but the imposter syndrome can always creep in and say, that's not you. That's all the people you follow. That's not, you know? And so I decided in my resolutions, I decided to tell myself I am a content creator on Instagram Mm. and I cannot tell you Within a week, I'm not exaggerating, I'm not saying this just for the podcast, within a week of doing that and saying that I've landed my first brand deal, I've been accepted to programs where I can earn commission on product, I have a personalized email with for a domain that I've owned since I was 22, um, I like I've done so many little things, I've put things in place just because I told myself. Yeah. And I believe that for myself. Because
0: what could have easily happened at the beginning of this year when you were setting that here at the beginning of 2023 is for you to just sit there and stew in the what ifs. Mm-hmm. What if I can't connect with the brand? What if people think that I'm, think,
1: think more I'm of myself? Yeah. yeah.
0: What if, like you could have, but instead you, just like we talked about in this part, you spun it and you said, what if it all works out? Mm-hmm. What if I actually could do this? And also provide some extra income for my family. You, mm-hmm. you turned it. You spun it the. The what if this bad thing happens, and you you turned it to what if it all works out.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's a not an easy thing, but I think once you take one step towards the positive, what if? Yeah, it then just keeps going. Absolutely. it's that first one. It's that first email to a brand. It's that first conversation with your spouse. It's whatever. But once you do that one, you can see that it's possible and then you, you know, you gain that confidence, which you always talk about. Confidence comes on the end of kind of tackling new things. You think you have to be confident at the beginning to have the ability to say, what if it all turns out with confidence? But really that comes at the end of it. So
0: I'll give you a high five. Thanks. We talked about the high high five five habit, uh, in that, in that last podcast. And, uh, you don't even have to high five yourself. I'll give you the thank high five. You. <laughs> thank
1: you. High five myself. <laughs> Anyways, I thought it was really good to listen back to. Hopefully, if you'd heard it before, you heard new things. If you haven't heard it before, I'm really glad we brought this one back up. It is super relevant for this time of the year. So, um, thank you for putting that back. Absolutely. All right. Eight, that absolutely. All right. You bet. Well, that and was another good, good talk. talk on repeat. <laughs>